welcome to another episode of Magic in the Mundane. Magic in the Mundane is a podcast that traverses the nuanced avenues of intimate interconnection between all things. In this podcast, we will be using the time-tested laws of nature, the observable rhythms and cycles of our embodied everyday experience, and the signposts and markers of archetypal wisdoms born from esoteric systems such as the I Ching, astrology, the Kabbalion, human design, and the gene keys in order to find our way. Specifically, to find our own unique way. The intent of this podcast is to create coherence between the technical and the intuitive. Coherence between the heart and the mind, the art and the science, the individual and the collective, as to inspire integrated insight and epiphany-evoking language that will holistically orient you to the legitimacy of your ever-changing human experience. Thank you for your trust as you tune in. My name is Alyssa Trube, and I will be your podcast host, your guide, so to speak, on this wild ride that we call Being Alive. you're ready to eat some cosmic soup. Actually, never mind. I hope you're ready to bathe in. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Actually, you, you are already bathing in the cosmic soup. I hope you're ready to get a feel for, a taste for the ingredients that you're bathing in, the marinade that you are bathing in, the marinade of the heavenly, the astral, the cosmic above to our earthly below. In this show, we will be unpacking the planetary transits through the lens of human design, specifically through the lens of the gates of human design. This show and all future shows that unpack the planetary transits will be called Under the Influence under the influence. A couple years back, as many of you may know, um, a, a colleague and I created a podcast that was specific to planetary transits by way of the human design gates, which correlate with the I Ching hexagrams. And from what I heard, y'all really liked it. And I'm going to be honest, I really liked it. Otherwise, let's be real, <laughs> I would not do it again. But my friend, we are doing it again. So under the influence, episode one, here we fucking come. Now, the first thing I want to ground into with this episode, since it is the first and therefore there's some scene setting, some mood setting, some context to be shared. I want to tell you why I called this under the influence. It's a point of skepticism. It's been a point of skepticism for my logical brain, at least. And so I imagine that a lot of y'all feel the same way to say that we are, you know, impacted or we are under the influence of planetary or cosmic influences. However, the more I observe my own experience, the more I come to realize that you really can't, we really can't, I really can't separate anything from anything else. Do we tend to have more disturbed sleep on a full moon? I would say I do. Is that because there's the lunatic influence of the crazy, wild, 
all over the place hysterical moon? Or is it because we have light receptors on our skin and eyes and eyelids and those light receptors are influenced by the extra light, the illumination of Earth's moon when it is directly across from and therefore being fully illuminated by the sun. So the more I watch my own experience, the more I realize that everything is interconnected. And hmm, about three years ago, I took some time off Instagram and realized how much Instagram influenced the way my mind worked. And that's when the word influence really came into the sphere of my awareness. And as it did so, I realized as I was watching the planetary transits through the human design app and watching how every single time I was in a funk, a funk that hit me really deep to my core, it just happened to correlate with when I was under the influence of a gate or a channel that gave me definition in my solar plexus, which I don't normally have in the emotional solar plexus. And this is when I started to say, you know, <laughs> despite my skepticism and my stubbornness, I think there might be something here. I think that this theory, not just of the measurable, commonly known influences of, let's say, the moon on the tides or the sun relative to the earth and the seasons, I think there might be more to this under the influence thing than the commonly known planetary influences exerted upon earth so i've been watching it and interestingly the other day when prepping for this episode which yes i will always prep for episodes because the more you come to know this esoteric information such as human design and astrology and the i ching and so on and so forth the kabbalah and the kabbalion and all of these things the more you realize, while a lot of it can be summed up in these distilled, sweet little one-liners that blow your mind, the amount of nuance is nothing short of divine. So oftentimes, what I find is that when I'm prepping for an episode and I look at, let's say, for example, a gate and the I Ching name for that gate, I will look up on my favorite source, resource, Merriam-Webster, I will look up the meaning of the I Ching hexagram word that they use, just to make sure that I don't confuse my own perception of something with what the true unadulterated I Ching hexagram was named because we all perceive things differently. We all have different understandings of words. So, for example, the other day, I looked up the word influence. Not just because this podcast kind of subset of episodes under the influence is called under the influence, but because today, January 25th, we are under the influence of a full moon in Leo. It is Aquarius season. And the full moon in Leo is happening, is occurring in the gate 31, the gate of influence or verbal leading in traditional human design. Now, 
Influence. Influence. Consider what pops into your awareness when I say the word influence. (laughs) To quote Merriam-Webster, Influence may seem like a ho-hum word, but its history is heavenly. The word first referred to a celestial fluid that was believed to flow from the stars. As this fluid reached the Earth, it supposedly affected the actions of the planet's inhabitants, especially the human ones. In modern use, the noun typically refers to the power to change or affect someone or something, especially the power to change without directly forcing those changes to happen. Influence can also refer to a person or thing that affects someone or something in an important way. The noun had been used for over 200 years before the verb was developed. So that, I had no idea about that origin of the word influence. A celestial fluid? (laughs) Are you kidding me? A celestial fluid. Influence. But alas, my understanding of the word influence is now a little bit more dialed in. And right now, today, we are under the influence of the full moon in Leo, sitting directly across from the sun in the gate 41. The gate 41 is the gate of contraction or decrease. Pluto is nestled right up against this gate right now, and y'all know it because you have been asking me questions about, Alyssa, what is this Pluto transit? What is happening with Pluto? I want to, one, which we've done, lay the influence down, lay the understanding down that under the influence is more than just about the full moon's pull on the tides and where the earth is in relation to the sun. Yes, those things are important to understand. But what we might fantasize about to stay with the theme of the gate 41, what we might hold as possibility is that there are forces at play that we aren't always aware of. Consider, for example, neutrinos, particles that are so small that when we first tried to measure them in the United States, it seemed like they had no mass. Russia found that they had mass before we did. And through the lens of human design, these neutrinos potentially condition our awareness. If you've ever read Philip Pullman's work, His Dark Materials, you'll very quickly find reference in one of the books, to the I Ching, and come to go, oh, yeah, you know, I wonder if this dark matter that they're talking about, the space particles, I wonder if they're referring to neutrinos. That's another rabbit hole for another episode, but I want to lay that foundation that we are under the influence of things that we can't always understand or measure. And As you're listening to this podcast, whether it's now or a handful of episodes from now or years from now, my invitation to you is to stay open to the possibility that we are being influenced by things that we can't see, that we can't measure, and that when we can stay open to synchronicity, 
those coincidences that we're told are a-causal but that seem to occur in such intimacy with time, space, and uh, patterning of consistencies, of continuities that don't always seem to make sense, but that kind of cue us in or give us that warm feeling behind our heart of, oh yeah, I'm in the right place, I'm focused on the right thing. That sometimes these influences might bring clarity, sometimes they might bring orientation, and they might bring direction. And so if you can stay open to the fact, well, it's not a fact, if you can stay open to the possibility that we are under the influence of things that are not always quite obvious, these under the influence episodes will feel a lot more enriching to you. Now, influence is not the planets dictating your life. As we laid as a foundation in episode one, you always have a choice. Fate deals the cards. You choose how you play them. So yeah, there's influence, movement, power or capacity of causing an effect in indirect or intangible ways, sway. There's influence at play. Absolutely. But now that you know that, the next thing I want to get clear on is language, words, and how we all add meaning to what we've heard. There is a quote by Terence McKenna. Actually, today we're going to, we're going to, we're going to give McKenna some love because we're going to quote him twice. But there is a, a quote from Terence McKenna that I really appreciate. I remember the first time I heard it and it imprinted me. The quote is that thought, 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 thought cannot go where the roads of language have not been built or paved, let's say. Thought can't go where the roads of language have not been paved. Okay, so we all have language. We all speak languages. But we all add different meaning to the words and therefore different directions to the roads that we use. So if I say the word influence, you're going to think one thing. The person sitting next to you is going to think a different thing. And of course, I am going to think another. So this is where my invitation to you is to see that everything that I'm about to say, all the words that I will weave the life that I will breathe into your experience through words is going to have a unique meaning for you. And that meaning will be based on how you perceive the words I'm using. And so if something lands interesting for you, whether it's it piques your interest or it feels limiting or it feels inspiring or it feels confusing, invitation to go unpack what the words mean. Call upon your friend, Merriam-Webster, or another dictionary, and look up the words that are getting your panties in a bunch. Because I would bet you'll learn something from doing so. This isn't to say that I know the meaning of all the words, but more to say we add value to words based on our conditioning. And so what we hear, how we think, The meaning that we add to words paves the roads of how we perceive things and therefore paves 
the roads of our experience, of our interpretation, of our reality. So invitation to get really clear, invitation to see that you choose the beat you dance to, that you choose what you hear as you listen, that you are the one adding the value, making the meaning, and that everything I'm about to say is up for interpretation by your mind based on how you perceive the words that I share. So, as we dive in, and if you dare to continue, I want to start this episode of Under the Influence talking about the nodes, talking about the nodes. The nodes in human design indicate the kind of feeling of the environment, okay? The feeling of the environment. Now you might go, Alyssa, why do you want to start by talking about the nodes, the north and south node? Why? Why not talk about the sun? Why not talk about the earth? Why not talk about the moon, the full moon? Why do you want to talk about the nodes? Well, because something that we often forget is that we as individuals, we as a group of humans alive now on earth, are intimately influenced by the environment. The environment is kind of the marinade that we're sitting in, right? The space between you and the matter around you and you and the other humans around you. That space is where the billions and trillions of neutrinos live. And that space, the environment, is always communicating with your vessel, with your body, with your vehicle, cueing you into things that you're not even aware of all the time on a conscious level. So the reason I want to start by talking about the South Node and the North Node is because through the lens of human design, they drive our environmental view and focus and how we're conditioned by our environment. And because we are all under the influence of this environment and and have been for a hot minute and will be for a hot minute, I would like to lay the foundation of what is occurring as the south node in Libra is transiting through the gate 57, the individual gate that we call the gentle or intuition. This is an acoustic awareness and the north node in Aries which is transiting through the gate 51 the gate of shock the arousing now the reason I want to start with this as I said is because this is our environmental soup that we are marinating in right now you me all of us the gate 57 is a Libra gate, as I just mentioned. And, you know, through the classic kind of lens of astrology, we think of the South Node as where we are coming from and the North Node as where we are heading toward, where we are going. Well, yes, we're going to use the gate 57 to get better at heading toward the gate. 51. We're going to use our acoustic awareness when we are dropped into our body, our sensing body. We're going to use that to help us to respond to shock. Shock that is here to arouse us. Shock that is here to initiate us. We're going to use 
where we've been to get where we're going. And right now, many of you are under the influence, not just of these nodes, but also if you don't already have it in your body graph all the time, you are under the influence of the gate 51, which is where the North Node is currently, linked up with the gate 25, the gate of innocence or universal love in the G center. This channel is a channel of initiation. And so many of you right now who have been going, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in a breakdown. I feel like something's coming. I'm feeling confused. I'm feeling pushed to my edges. I'm feeling oh, like I am getting invited to step into this new identity and I'm having to really assert myself in order to do that. A lot of you who are feeling that way are under the influence of this channel. Now, let's give a little bit of context here. When I say you're under the influence of the channel, take a deep breath also. When I say you are under the influence of a channel, what I'm talking about is that every single human design body graph has hanging gates. If you are looking at your human design body graph, you will see shapes. You will see centers from the top, the head, the ajna, the throat, the G center, the sacral center, the root. Up and left of the root and sacral, you have the splenic center. Up and right, looking at the body graph of the root and sacral center, you have the emotional solar plexus and diagonal up from the emotional solar plexus slightly to the left that small triangle is the will or the ego every single one of those centers is going to have hanging gates in it potentially and also potentially channels channels are two hanging gates two gates from different centers connected the energy flows seamlessly and you therefore have access to that energy all the time these channels create definition definition implies that you have consistent fixed access to the energy at each end of the channel so for instance if you are someone who all the time has the channel that connects that small will center the small triangle it would be red to the diamond the g center at the center of the body graph, if you are someone who all the time has definition in the channel of initiation, the 2551, then you have consistent fixed access to ego assertion when life challenges you, willpower to assert your sense of identity, the G center, identity, love, and direction, home of the magnetic monopole. You have that channel and therefore you have consistent energy flowing between those centers. Now, if you are someone who has the gate 25 in your G center, but you don't have the gate 51, well, right now, as the nodes transit through polar opposites, it's 57, a splenic center gate ruled by Libra, the gentle, intuitive clarity in the now through hearing, through clairvoyance, and the gate 51, the gate 51 being the north node, right? If you, if you are someone who only has that gate 25 in your G center sitting there as a hanging gate, it's not connected to anything. And then you retrofit or juxtapose the transits currently because that 
north node is moving through the gate 51, the gate 51 is lit up on your body graph right now. And this creates what we call an electromagnetic. All of a sudden you get access to the channel. Now this does not change your design. However, it puts you under the influence of the channel, which means that a whole lot of people in the collective right now are being initiated. So let's look at this gate 51 because this is where the North node sits and the North node is kind of what we're learning. Usually North node themes are things that are hard for us and therefore we're getting put through the ringer. We are being held to the fire. We are being asked to learn the way. And the gate 51, as I've already laid out, is called the gate of shock. Shock. Think about for a second what your mind just did when we're talking about words and the perceptions and the value that we add. The gate of shock, did you start panicking? Did you start going, oh my god, Alyssa, uh, this sounds like you're damning me to a bad time or like something bad's going to... No, something bad might not happen. Something good might happen. Who knows what's going to happen? Why did your mind perceive shock that way? Okay, so again, this is what I mean. This is not, this is not me telling the future. <laughs> this is me speaking about influence. Fate deals the cards. You choose how you play them. The gate 51 is a willpower gate. It is the individual initiation. This gate is about ego courage. It's about the willpower to meet the invitation of shock. Shock usually moves us out of complacency. And this channel, if you are under the influence of it, if you are someone who has the 25 as a hanging gate, you're under the influence of it. If you're someone who has it all the time, great, you get to learn all about your channel. And if you're someone who's just under the influence of the gate 51, well, you're just under the influence of the gate 51. But shock moves us out of complacency and it invites us, it reaches for us and says, hey, I know that this is maybe a, a bit of a challenge, but challenges aren't bad. Challenges invite you to grow. They invite you to come to know yourself a little better. So would you get up out of your complacency and move into empowerment? That's what this gate does. Specifically, that is what this gate does, especially if you are under the influence of the whole channel. But regardless, everyone right now in the collective is being asked, hey, can you step up? Can you step from the places you're being complacent into empowerment? Now, if you're going, Lisa, I don't really know where I'm being complacent. Go find the house in your astrological chart that Aries rules. And you'll probably find some themes there. Shock is here to wake us up. Consider what it feels like when you do a cold plunge. Consider what it feels like when someone throws a glass of water at your face. Not the glass. Hopefully they hold on to the glass. <laughs> Consider what it feels like to step out into cold air after being in the heat of your home. Shock. Oh my gosh. All of a sudden I am awake. All of a sudden I am aware. Well, okay. If you are someone who is under the influence of this channel, the 2551, the channel of initiation, right now, not only are you awake and aware, but you are also being asked to keep your heart open, to meet the challenge, to accept the invitation from complacency into empowerment. 
And if you don't have the gate 25 as a hanging gate, you are still being asked to feel, to see, to sense the places that you could step up. Now, this link up with the gate 25, the gate 25, let's talk about it for a second because at least what I'm seeing in my client work, there's a significant amount of people who have this gate 25 and are feeling this right now. So I think it's worth unpacking a little bit here. This gate 25, the gate of universal love, is a Piscean gate. It's a Piscean gate. It's very much a Christ consciousness gate, I would say. It's about being able to, when life throws a punch at you, open to it. You know, when life shocks you, open to it rather than getting defensive, rather than closing, rather than getting constrictive because something feels uncomfortable, because something feels shocking, rather than getting complacent and closing and self-protecting, this gate 25 says, oh yeah, this is what it is to be alive. This is what it is to open to the shock, to accept it and feel it and to act to respond to it. The gate 25 is the gate of innocence because it is the uncontrived and spontaneous nature of the being who keeps their heart open that is able to dance with the provocation, the instigation of shock in such a way that they can transcend the discomfort. They can grow, they can open, they can become more of who they are here to be you if you either a have this channel or b you are under the influence of the channel of initiation the 2551 as the north node moves through the gate 51 you are here to become more of who you are here to be through the initiations that are happening right now and most likely they are kind of ego initiations can you let your ego die can you not white knuckle to what you think it should have been like or what you think it should be like and can you trust gate 25 that the universe has your best interest in mind that consciousness you being a part of consciousness has your best interest in mind this is a channel that gives us the art form of initiation and what that looks like is a question an invitation a sort of cosmic wink challenge it is life asking us hey can you survive the leap into the void and more importantly more importantly than you surviving the leap into the void can your innocence survive the leap because if you can open if you can open to accept the circumstances if you can open to as we talked about in episode one the possibility that how you respond to the situation, how you play the cards. If you can build shit castles in shit rooms, then you might just be able to make this ego punch, this ego death work for you. And in doing so, you might meet an entirely new you. And yeah, there might be some wounding to recover from. But ultimately, this is the richness of being alive and this experience will create a resilience that will help you to thrive what comes after the initiation, what comes after the shock. 
So if you are someone who is feeling like right now life is initiating you, life is inviting you into the next iteration of who you are here to be, the choice is yours. The choice is yours, but know that right now the nodal configuration is poised to catalyze change, to catalyze initiation. And what you can take as some kind of keywords or some cueing, some signposts and some markers is how you are responding to this. If you are feeling to use the Gene Key spectrum, the Gene Keys is Richard Rudd's work of the I Ching hexagrams and human design gates. If you are feeling agitation, if you are responding to the shock in a way that you feel agitated, you're noticing yourself closed, you're like, this is just annoying, I'm getting hostile, I'm kind of getting snippy, mm, probably you're not going to get to dance with the initiation in its fullest capacity, in its most catalyzing form. But if you are feeling like you are being called forward, and your response is to take initiative, again, to move from complacency into openness and action and assertion in a way where your ego might have to die a little bit. What you thought was going to be the best outcome might not happen. And yet you have this kind of heart-based acceptance, this heart understanding, this openness, this trust, then yeah, you're probably going to maximize this experience. Now, another way that we can cue into this energy and and a way that we can kind of navigate this invitation into initiation is by looking at the theme of the south node, okay? So the south node is in the gate 57. As I've already mentioned, that gate 57 is a Libra gate. Collectively, and I actually talked about it on Instagram back in the fall, it's under a story highlight called synthesis. It's under a story highlight called synthesis. Um, Right now we're really going through this collective initiation where we're moving away from doing relationships, whether it's our life partner, our romantic partner, our friend, our lover, our, our lovers, our communities, our whoever, our parents, our children. We're moving away from this orientation to the other base or an orientation to our lives based on how the other wants us to live and moving toward learning how to go our own way, how to move in a way where we follow the lead of our inner authority, where we say, okay, I have to understand that enlightened selfishness is real. I have to fill my cup before I fill other people's. I have to put my life preserver on before I put on other people's. I have to put my oxygen mask on before I put on other people's. I have to make sure I am okay. I am fortified before I fortify other people. And if we all do that, it works out just beautifully. But that's this kind of nodal configuration at large is to say, hey, I know you're conditioned by how people respond to you. I know you're conditioned to look for external validation. That's a healthy, normal thing to an extent, but it's gotten a little out of control. And so why don't we all try, (laughs) myself included, I can speak to these things because I am intimately experiencing them. Why don't we all try to internally validate ourselves? And to be true to what is true for us, hoping that the other people around us love us enough to accept that and to do the same for their for, for them. 
Okay, so that's the macro of this Libra South Node, Aries North Node. And as we get more specific and we're looking at it through the lens of human design, the 57 is a splenic gate. It's an archetype that is actually tuned into fear of tomorrow. Fear of tomorrow. So again, it's not a bad archetype. Everything has a back. Everything has a front. Everything has a dark. Everything has a light. Everything has a winter. Everything has a summer. I know conditioning is freaking powerful. We don't need to fear tomorrow, but we will fear tomorrow if we are not grounded into our bodies. The gate 57, when it gets ungrounded, it gets wrapped up in this overthinking, anxious, unease. And that's because it's very much attuned to the future. As a splenic center gate, it speaks the language of fear. The splenic center is the oldest awareness center in the body graph. It is existential body awareness and it's attuned to the senses. Think about existential body awareness, survival awareness. Survival awareness asks, is this going to kill me? So yeah, fear. (laughs) Fear is there to keep us alive. Now, most of us are privileged enough, are blessed enough to live in environments where that's not the first question we need to ask. You know, most of the time we don't have to first ask, is this going to kill me? However, the splenic center still functions like that. And so it's very important to be grounded into the body because when we ground into the body, the splenic center gets a little bit more stable. Why? Because when you are grounded into your physical form and watch, take a deep breath in through your nose, let it hit the top of your head and then drop it all the way down to your asshole. Mm-hmm. All the way down. Do it again. Let your belly relax. Unclench your butt. Unclench your pelvic floor. Soften your hips. Do one more. When you breathe into your body, you stabilize. And when you stabilize, you can start to use your senses. When your senses are on peak high alert, looking for a threat, you can start to really hone them and use them to tap into the frequencies, the sensations, the sounds, the scents, the smells, right? The fragrances, the noises, everything. You can use them to tap into the information, the sensory information around you. And this gate 57 does exactly that. It taps into the frequency of sound extraordinary power of clarity. Well, okay, cool. This gate 57 brings extraordinary power of clarity. Well, that sounds nice, doesn't it? But it gets more specific. It's actually clarity to hear the truth in the now, to hear the truth in the now. Again, like I said, this is individual. Individual is very acoustic. We'll do circuitry on another episode. It's already a lot to cover here. But this gate 57, this Libra gate, is clarity to hear the truth in the now. So let's bring it back around and create a synthesis here. If you have, which you do, because we're all under the influence of it right now, though you might have it in your body graph as a hanging gate or part of a channel. If you are noticing and you have this energy of the 57 swirling, you can use this energy, this extraordinary power of clarity to hear the truth in the now, 
in order to help you respond to shock and help you gracefully dance with the invitation of initiation by staying grounded into your body so that you can use your intuition, the collection of information your body is always pulling from the environment to guide you forward rather than your mind. Mind is not bad, but the body's collecting a lot more information than the mind can actively process and relay to our conscious mind in any given moment. So if we can stay collectively grounded into our physical body, if we can breathe, if we can breathe, if we can breathe, if we can move, if we can feel our heartbeat, if we can do things like go for walks outside, even if you live in a city, if you can dance, if you can stomp, if you can take deep breaths into your belly, if you can put your phone down for a second and connect with sensation, if you can ground into your sensing body, you will be far more equipped to connect to clarity of truth in the now through the acoustic field, through hearing. This is usually an internal hearing. This is what we might call clairvoyance. People that have the gate 57 often have a connection to the acoustic field. There's a clear audience there. Clairvoyance is is more commonly known. Uh, It's the ability to see clearly. This is seeing clearly through sound. Clear audience is hearing things clearly. So consider for a second, hey, if I can stay grounded into my body right now, the collective marinade that we're sitting in, the environment we're sitting in says, hey, if you can ground into your body, you're going to be connected to your intuition. You're going to be able to be guided by hearing the truth in the now. And if we can hear the truth in the now, then we can gracefully accept the invitation of shock that reaches out to initiate us. Otherwise, if we can't ground into our body, we might be more likely to panic when shock hits us, right? These two gates always go together, by the way. They always go together. They are polar opposites. They are diametrically opposed. They are the same energy at different degrees. Same energy, different degrees. Winter solstice, summer solstice, except these would more be spring equinox, fall equinox. Okay, same energy, different degrees. The 57, Libra, the 51, Aries. So because the 51 hears the future, if it's not grounded into its body, it gets anxious. Think about when do you get anxious? You get anxious when you start fucking overthinking, just like I do, just like we all do. If we go down all the what if rabbit holes and project ourselves into the future, we get anxious. It's what happens because then we start trying to be like, I have to control everything. Oh my God. Not a good look, not a good feel. (laughs) If you can take a deep breath and you can ground into your body, then when you hear the acoustics of the future, your intuition says, yeah, yeah, go that way. Yeah, yeah, respond like this. That's why the body and body awareness is so important. That's why, you know, you get, we get a lot of information, not just from a gate, but by looking at what center that gate lives in is correlated with. The 57 is correlated with the splenic center. The splenic center is existential body and survival awareness. So how do you meet shock more gracefully? How do you 
accept the invitation of initiation that is happening right now for many humans. You ground into your body, you get present, and you let your ego white knuckling die. And instead you say, you know what, I'm going to trust that I will be guided forward. I'm going to trust that electromagnetic pull Gate 25 is in the G center, the G center, the gravity of one's experience. The G center is home to the magnetic monopole. The magnetic monopole is a magnet that attracts likeness as opposed to a dipole that attracts opposites. The mantra that I always tell people for the G center, the frequency I hold is the frequency I attract. Why? Because home to the monopole, monopole attracts likeness. So when we trust, think about what happens when you pray. Why do you think religion has been contagious for ever? Because when you pray, you say, you know what? It's not entirely up to me. I surrender into trust of some higher power. I surrender. I trust. And that's what the gate 25 asks us to do. It it asks us, it doesn't need to be to a Godhead or to a figure, but it asks us to say, listen, Trust that the universe is conspiring in your favor, the alchemist, right? Trust that. And that's what we could call this channel. This channel has a lot of potential to alchemize shitty situations that seem like they're going to be less than optimal into absolute beauty. This channel has the ability, if it can step up using its intuition and using trust and taking the invitation, this channel can change lead into gold. So to once again, quote Terrence McKenna and close out the part of the conversation where we talk about the nodal configuration and the potential initiation of the 2551. If you are someone who is under the influence of that channel right now, let's consider these words. Nature loves courage. You make the commitment and nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles. Dream the impossible dream, and the world will not grind you under. It will lift you up. This is the trick. This is what all these teachers and philosophers who really counted, who really touched the alchemical gold, this is what they understood. This is the shamanic dance in the waterfall. This is how magic is done. By hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering it's a feather bed. That is my favorite quote in the entire world. And while I do not personally have the channel of initiation, I do have the hanging gate 25 out of my G center and find that this energy, while incredibly confronting as shock is, does tend to catalyze very powerful shifts in our person, in our identity. And if there's one thing I know right now, it's that shifts in our identity are going to serve us for the long haul because as pluto which we'll get to (laughs) later in the episode as pluto finishes its transit through the gate 60 where it has been for over two years that is an individual gate that has put a lot of pressure on us as individuals to mutate so that when pluto pops over into the 41 which it will do this spring. And by the way, we are about to talk about the archetype of the gate 41 because 
the sun is sitting in that gate currently. It's the first gate of Aquarius. But as Pluto moves from the gate 60, the gate of limitation or acceptance, which is an individual gate, it's a mutative gate, it's a pressurized gate. We'll talk about it quite a bit at the end of the episode. Um, As it moves from that place into the 41, it's asking us as individuals to embody the mutations we are going to need as individuals to serve the collective. If that feels confusing, don't worry. We're going to unpack it in, in quite some detail later in the episode. But for right now, I just want you to feel. I want you to feel the quality of, hey, our individual identities are not just about us as I, us as the individual. They are about being a part of a whole. And the more diverse that whole the more we're all served. Yes, sometimes we can get myopic and forget that anyone else exists when we're doing our own self-study and our own process, and that's okay. We are here to not be able, you know, as humans, we're not here to be able to hold every variable in our awareness all the time, and that's okay. That's why we can focus. But opposites serve each other. Individual serves the collective, and the collective serves the individual. So with that being said, if you are getting initiated right now to let go of the identities, if you are getting shocked into letting go of the identities that you thought you needed to hold on to, let them go, baby. Let them go. Let them go. Hurl yourself into the abyss and discover that it's a feather bed. But the trick to doing that, (laughs) the trick to doing that is trusting and staying grounded into your body. Okay? Okay. Now, Last note I want to make on the nodal configuration is that if you are someone who has the hanging gate 10, the gate of individual behavior in the G center, also called treading, uh, the gate 34, the gate of power in the sacral center, power of the great, um, or the gate 20, the gate of contemplation or now in the throat, then you're going to have, if you have any of those gates as hanging gates, or you have them connected to channels, you're going to be under the influence of the gate 57 connecting to any three or all three of those gates. And that's going to give you some intuition to your behavior, to guide your behavior. That might give you some kind of spontaneous, spontaneous, excuse me, verbal uh, processing and spontaneous verbal expression if you are grounded into your body. And also this kind of um, body spidey sense. 5734 this connection when you're grounded into your body into what you need to be doing to really deeply care for yourself in order to assert your power okay so again look at your body graph look at the hanging gates you have and as i go through talking about the different planetary and nodal placements you can notice oh yeah okay that's that gate's lit up right now therefore my design doesn't change but i am under the influence of different energies okay now I should say this again, like I said, this, this episode is going to be dense because it's the first under the influence. So we're laying the foundations, baby, brick by fucking brick. When you have an undefined center in your body graph, that means it's open. That means it's white. That means you do not have definition. That means you do not have consistent fixed access to the energy of that center. What that means is that you experience the energies of an open center variably 
depending on A, who you are around and what their definition is, B, who you are around and whether you may or may not make electromagnetics with them, and C, the planetary transits. So if you have centers that are normally undefined, that end up kind of lit up or colored in by a transit, that doesn't mean your design changes, it means you are temporarily under the influence of that energy. And when that happens, we want to perceive it, we want to perceive it like we are the screen in a window, and the energy is moving through us, right? We don't want to identify with the energy we are amplifying in open centers, we want to feel it as transitory as it is, it's here and then it's gone. Here today, gone tomorrow. Here this hour, gone the next. We want to feel it and we want to let it inform us. Yes? Okay, so that's how transits work. Now, the next thing that we are going to move on to, and actually before, <laughs> before we do, my brain just screamed, strategy and authority. When you are under the influence of any of these centers, your design doesn't change. What I'm implying when I, what I am implying as I say that, your design doesn't change. What I'm implying is that even if you go from, let's say, a projector with emotional authority to a manifesting generator because of the transits, that doesn't mean you should be walking around like a manifesting generator, spinning 5,000 different plates at once, doing all kinds of different things, asserting your sacral energy in response to life. No, no, no. It means that you should still be following your strategy and authority as that emotional projector. Wait for a recognition and invitation, projector strategy, and wait through your emotional wave. No truth in the now. But as you feel those transits, you let yourself be informed by the energy you're amplifying in your vehicle. Informed by, not identified with. That's how we mess with energy that's amplified and therefore energy that's already already always changing <laughs> it's already changing because it's always changing okay anyways um let's look at the sun and the earth because the sun and the earth are going to build us a bridge to the moon as they tend to do so right now as i take you through the gate 41 archetype which is where the sun is sitting uh through the lens of human design this gate 41 is the new year and so happy new year the lens of human design. This Aquarius gate is where Pluto is going to be moving into. And I think a lot of us are anticipating, absolutely pun intended, uh, the shift from the gate 60 into the gate 41. Because this gate's going to bring a whole different energy. And what you can do as we talk about the gate 41 right now is just let it imprint you. Feel how your experience is moving currently and know that in a handful of weeks uh pluto will be moving into the 41 and as it does so it will be sitting there for quite some time uh so this theme will be magnified through the collective as pluto moves into the gate but for right now and the handful of days to come it's just the sun sitting in that gate the gate 41 is a root centered gate if you turn your attention to the body graph if you're not already looking at it the gate 41 is the gate of contraction. It is half of the channel of recognition. This is the start codon gate. This gate is associated with the amino acid methionine. 
and methionine is a methyl donor. Methyl donors, I know this is not human design, but it gives some context here. Methyl donors, um, essentially a methyl group is carbon and three hydrogens, and they get added to different genes to turn the gene expression on or off. This is epigenetics. And so you can kind of think of this gate like that. This gate turns things on, it turns things off. It starts things or not. And in starting, this gate is the start of the year. It's also really the start of the collective process. The gate 41 is part of what we call collective sensing circuitry. It's abstract. This gate is hungry to have experiences. In fact, this is an archetype of pressure for a new experience. Any gate coming out of the root center is exerting pressure. Pressure is force. This is pressure for a new experience. Why would you want to have pressure for a new experience? Well, what, in, what do experiences do for us? They enrich our lives, right? This gate 41 is reaching toward the gate 30, the gate of clinging fire. The gate of clinging fire, the gate of feelings, wants us to feel something. Something new. Something burning and yearning and alive and intense and passionate and all-consuming. And so right now with the sun in the gate 41, desire, desire, desire is up. And I want you to let that imprint for a moment because let me tell you something. <laughs> when Pluto moves into this gate, it's going to get real. I mean, it's already fucking real, but it's going to be, mm-hmm, you can hear my Cheshire cat grin. It's going to be interesting. The gate 41 holds themes of love and hate again same energy different degree opposite degree love hate the gate 41 holds a sexual hunger it's pressure for a new experience oftentimes pressure for a new experience with other people now think about sex energy for a second here you can take this at the literal i want to have sex or you can take it at more of a metaphorical sex energy being the dissolving of boundaries the coming together the vulnerability the thrill the awkwardness the exploration the curiosity the unimaginable sensational the creation of something new sex sex energy so again take it at the literal if that's what tickles your fancy or take it at the metaphorical pressure for a new experience the gate 41 the gate of contraction 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 also called the gate of decrease why is it called the gate of contraction well this gate has a tendency to and let's put it this way it has a tendency for anxiety why because it has pressure for something for a new experience, right? Okay. Think about when you are under pressure for a new experience. What happens immediately? What happens immediately when you come to realize that the thing that you want to happen is about to happen and you're not in it yet? But guess what happens? You start to you start to overthink. You start to go, oh my gosh, my fantasy is coming to life. Holy shit. I, what, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if it goes this way? What if it goes that way? What if... And again... We get thrown into that anxious, 
uneasy feeling because we start trying to use the mind to move through the experience we've not yet had. This creates a kind of hyperactivity, right? Fantasy, while it can be a beautiful thing, the function of fantasy is to not control how the experience goes. The function of fantasy when used well is to create a frequency of vibration that you hold in your body. And when you hold a vibration in your body, you attract like vibrations that increases your chances of your fantasy coming to life, you know, but (laughs) we're not told that we're not taught that we're not practiced at that. And because we're under pressure for things to go how we expect them to go until we attach to expectation and we have to control all the variables and da 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 da, our frequency is anxious. It's hyperactive. It's low octave. It's shadow state, right? Again, not bad. Those things aren't bad. We have to experience them so we know how they feel. But that hyperactiveness, that fantasy can sometimes create an anxiety where we are overthinking all of the things and it paralyzes us and then we try to have the experience or we're too afraid to have the experience but sometimes then we try to have the experience and we're so attached to how we think it should go that we're totally disembodied in the experience we're totally disembodied in the experience because we have all these theoretical thought forms of how it should have gone but the gate 41's not in the fucking head center it's in the root It's in the body. So stay in the body. (laughs) You hear my sassiness come out? That's me talking to myself. Stay in the body. This collective circuitry, gate, love, hate, sexual, hunger, yearning, fantasies, the unexpected, pressure for a new experience. It can be a beautiful dance when we stay in the body. Consider when you are, uh, if you have ever taken a dance class and you're learning choreography, right? And you feel really awkward because you're trying to learn a new dance move. Oh, I hate it. It's the worst thing ever. Eventually it looks great. But when you're learning it, you're thinking about how to move your body like that. And it's clunky and it's awkward and it creates anxiety. And you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Consider how that feels compared to being on like the most um, beautiful, easy on your senses dance floor where the music just hits you, the sound hits you and it moves you and you close your eyes and you're not concerned about what anyone thinks about how you're moving and you just let your body do what it does in response to the sound. That's anticipation. That is holy anticipation. And that is the gift of the gate 41. When we are in our bodies, when we are grounded down into our bodies, we experience the experience different. So if you are under pressure for a new experience and you get into that experience and you're overthinking and hyperactive and in your head, it's not going to go the same way that it would go If you are grounded into your physical form, breathing, letting your body anticipate how you move, not letting your mind say, oh, you should, hey, no, move like that, move like that, hey, you, move like that. (laughs) No, let your body move. Let your body move. 
let your body move. Because your body moves. Your body is conduit for the erotic, for eros, the sum of life-preserving instincts that are made manifest as impulses. Guess what? Impulses aren't just part of your body, they're also part of the environment. And your body is interfacing all the time with the impulses around you. And the impulses within you are interfacing with the impulses outside of you through the electromagnetic field, through frequency, through things that if you asked me to explain them, I would say those are way out of my scope, but I have an awareness of them because I know how it feels in my body. So if you can ground into your body and you can be disciplined right now in understanding the archetype of this gate 41, if you can take note of what's up in your awareness and what you're feeling motivated by and your appetites for life and for new experiences, be they collective experiences or otherwise, sexual experiences or otherwise, experiences you've fantasized about or otherwise, you will feel very familiar with the energy shift that we move into when Pluto pops out of the gate 60 into the 41 this spring. As you are considering these awarenesses and this this archetype of the gate 41, I want to just bring in a couple other points here. The gate 41 in many ways is kind of like the dopamine gate. Dopamine is pursuit and learning, right? And, And pleasure. And that's, if you think about pressure for a new experience, what do new experiences do for us? They create a feeling of pursuit. They help us to learn. They introduce new information. And that's a costly process, right? So what I want you to notice here is how your desire is moving, how you connect with desire. Do you take desire at face value when you feel desire, when you feel the impulse, the hunger for something? Do you just go get it right there, right then? Or do you follow the impulse down further into the subconscious, into the body, maybe even sometimes into the unconscious though. You could never know because it's unconscious. Uh, Do you follow it down into the subconscious to understand the impulse better, to understand the hunger, the desire better? Because desire is the fuel for fantasy. And like we alluded to a couple minutes ago, fantasy, fantasizing isn't something that we should do to get lost in or to try to uh, avoid the reality we live in. It's not something we should do to, you know, as an escapist coping mechanism. Fantasy has the power to calibrate our G-center. When we fantasize, we use our imagination. And when we use our imagination, it can be sensational to our body. And when we create sensation in our body, we often have emotional responses to it, right? We Sensation is stimulating. And it's through thought and emotion that we can calibrate the G-center, the monopole, to attract a likeness. Now, this is where you can start to notice, hey, what what is the line for me with this gate 41? This is a skill set in, in a way. And the reason I'm harping on it is because, like I said, Pluto's about to sit in this gate for a hot minute for a long time 
it's not there yet but you know i like preventative medicine and so <laughs> let's get familiar with these archetypes the gate 41 says to us okay look here's how you fantasize here's why you fantasize to calibrate your frequency to calibrate your g-center to hold a frequency that attracts a likeness but notice the line when you fall over the line from using fantasy to recalibrate and to get into a vibrational state that feels healthy for you notice when you go from that to this kind of white knuckling hyper obsession that makes you start overthinking everything and makes you get lost in the kind of hyperactive fantasy scape and you'll probably notice you're doing that because you might get kind of restless you might get kind of anxious and you'll stop breathing into your belly you'll stop breathing into your body and chances are from that place you might kind of roll over into anxiety so we can really use this gate we can use this archetype to stay grounded into the body to again like we did was that in this yeah it was it wasn't it ground into the body take a deep breath in through your nose let it hit the top of your head and then drop it all the way down to your asshole land in your root right and feel how when you do that when you stay breathed into the now this archetype of the gate 41 connects you with impulse but you can sublimate impulse you don't have to react to impulse you can use it as a cue to understand things that you need desires that are at a deeper level rather than reacting to the need to gratify immediately and again there's not a better or worse but one of these one of these practices creates more anxiety and the other one creates more calm and when we create more calm, we create more spaciousness. When we can pause to understand the impulse, we can hone a frequency to attract it to us rather than having to be in this animalistic pursuit of something all the time that sometimes actually feels really draining or creates expectation. One of the, the major keys with the gate 41 is to not over attach to how you think it should go, specifically the experience. You know, this is part of an emotional wave. This is part of the channel of recognition. That's a collective wave. It's driven by passion, by hunger. And when we are so sure of how it should go and so sure of how the meal should taste and then it doesn't taste that way, we tend to get thrown into an emotional low, right? We go into disappointment. And often during the experience, we become disembodied because we are attached to that theoretical thought form as opposed to the actual embodied experience. So that's a key here. Breathe into your body. Notice if you are over attaching to the way that you think the experience should go, let go of that. Stay focused on the living, breathing now. And as you do so, see how your body will flip into the gift of anticipation the lens of the gene keys which will let your body move you it will let your body move to what it's picking up on to the cues in your environment those are the keys for the gate of contraction the gate 41 where the sun is sitting now now the last thing i want to say about this is that this is a one experience at a time kind of archetype okay 
through the lens of human design, this is what we would call the kind of uh, the seat of what you might have heard called kundalini energy. This is a this is an explorative sexual energy. This is an explorative sexual energy. It wants to have experiences. It wants to, you know, um, dance with other people. It wants to feel the other and and commune with the other. And what often happens with this archetype is that it will enter into new experiences and have an experience. And if it can keep those keys in mind, the experience is really satisfying. And then when this archetype is intelligent, it takes the time to integrate the experience so that it can learn from the deliciousness, the richness of the data it learned, dopamine pursuit learning, in the experience and integrate it into its body. That's embodiment. That's the wisdom of this gate. But what can happen is if you get into that anxiousness and you overattach how you think it should go and it doesn't go that way, what happens? You are, you're, you're not satisfied because you didn't taste the meal. So you don't feel satisfied. Satiation never happens. You're like, yeah, I, I didn't get what I wanted, so I'm still hungry. Can you keep feeding me, please? So yeah, it can also go that way. So just notice how when you right now and also as Pluto moves into this gate but for the next handful of days how when you actually let the experience land and you actually let the experience be integrated how much more satisfying it is even if it didn't go the way you think it should have gone because you learn shit and guess what humans love we love to learn shit (laughs) I know you know I'm preaching to the choir so that's the gate 41 now across from the gate 41 the as a reminder sun S-U-N, is sitting in the gate 41. The earth is sitting in the gate 31. The gate 31 is a Leo-ruled gate, whereas the gate 41 is an Aquarius-ruled gate. And today, the 25th, we have a full moon uh, in the gate 31. And, you know, if you think back to this past summer, the Venus retrograde in Leo probably a lot of what you were grappling with, tussling with, dancing with, intention with, paying attention to this summer is coming to the surface now in a way where, you know, either you're feeling that big cat energy proud where you're like, yep, integrated that shit, understood it, I've been practicing it and I'm really seeing how it's enriching my life or you ignored it And it's still kind of pain point territory for you now. Again, no better or worse here. Notice if your mind just judged either one of those as better or worse. Everyone's having their own experience. There's no right way. There's no one right way to have this experience. It's all data. It's all feedback. Okay. But we have the earth sitting in the gate 31 until the end of this week, until early next week. And we have the full moon there tonight, today. The gate 31 is the gate of verbal leading and it sits in the throat center. So we've got throat center and root and we just talked about the root. Now we're talking about this gate of influence, of verbal leading. Influence is really fascinating, right? We looked at the word earlier. Influence is a transference. It's the action of transferring. To transfer is to move. To move is to redirect, to course correct. 
That's what this gate 31 does. It engenders, embodies the law of friction. Friction. Be it passive or active, that causes change to occur, right? The capacity to have an effect, the power to change, that's influence. And as we already talked about, influence can come in so many forms. When you put music on, you are influenced by the sound. When you listen to this podcast, you are influenced by the sound. Now, the influence doesn't stop there. You're also influenced by your own perceptions of the sound of this podcast or the sound of the music. Influence is a really interesting concept. And this gate 31 is a really interesting gate in that it's logical leadership. This is collective circuitry as well, just like the 41, but it's a different flavor of collective circuitry. The gate 41 is abstract sensing. It's very emotional and cyclical and experiential. The gate 41 is experiential, but it's experiential in this way that is a lot more attuned to patterns. Logical understanding circuitry collects patterns. And the gate 31 is a gate that in its highest expression is about showing. You know, it says, hey, show me move me. I want to be moved. That's influence to be moved. When music can move us, it is because it can influence us. When something moves us, we're being influenced by it. Okay. And so that's what this gate 31 is about. Think about it. It's Leo, right? That's a whole different way to perceive Leo, but it's such a fucking beautiful way. Leo gets such a weird reputation because we have all this bullshit about theatrics. But big cats, (laughs) big cats understand influence. Think about how a cat walks, right? This gate 31 is about embodiment. Consider that the throat center is not just about blah, 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 blah. It's not just about talking. Word only goes so far. Action, totally different story. The throat center is also about being. It's about action. It's about metamorphosis and manifestation. It's why a manifesting generator has a motor to their throat. It's why a manifester has a motor to their throat. You're pushing life force. You're pushing power up to the throat. That's manifestation. Now, the gate 31 is a gate of leadership. It's a gate of influence. It's verbal leading. Let's take a look at leadership for a second. Because I think most of us at this point at this, you know, where are we? Where are we in the whole scheme of things? Who knows? In 2024, the word leadership is a word that I think most of us feel a little bit jaded toward. Let's, you know, collective invitation right now to redefine leadership. Because leadership is to guide on the way. Leadership is to guide the way, especially by going in advanced. Excuse me, by going in advance. To guide on a way, especially by going in advance. To lead. 
To lead is to direct a course, often by going that course first so that one understands the patterns, recognizes the patterns of the course and can say, oh, yep, yep, when you get to that corner, careful, heavy winds there, make sure you really brace yourself for those. I know because I've been there. That's leadership. It's not just about the talking, it's the voice being able to express an experience, recognize a pattern, and then convey it. And that's logic. That's future orientation. And that's what understanding circuitry is. It's, it's oriented to the future. And that's how it serves. It says, oh yeah, yeah, I've been there before. Here's what I did. Just so you know for when you get there. Future. And this full moon is sitting there right near the earth, right? Full moons are when the sun and moon are opposite each other. Sun and moon opposite, moons near, closer to earth. Both the earth and the moon are sitting in the gate, 31. And this Leo gate says to us, hey, go your own way. Go your own way. Lead yourself. Be the embodiment of what you believe in, even when people think that that is arrogant. You know, to quote Richard Rudd on this Gate 31, he says, To be truly humble, you wouldn't mind others thinking you were arrogant. (sighs) To be truly humble, you wouldn't mind thinking, you wouldn't mind others thinking you were arrogant. To be truly humble, you wouldn't mind others thinking you were arrogant. That is big cat energy. That is high octave Leo. (laughs) That is amorality. And we're going to get there in a second because, you know, for me personally, hi, my personality uh, is very much informed by the channel of structuring, genius to freak, the 4323, connecting the Ajna to the throat. I never understood this until recently, but That's a channel that requires amorality. It requires a lack of seeing things through the lens of rightness or wrongness because that lens distorts things. It changes perceptions. Big cats don't have that feature. They're not, they're not, they don't have morality. They're amoral. Think about a big cat. It has to hunt. And yet it is also very tender. And so when we're looking at the gate 31, high octave gift form, the beauty of this gate is to embody the way that you know is your way. Even if it doesn't get applause, even if it's misunderstood, even if people look at it and go, ooh, how arrogant. Go your own way. Leo. Individual, and you can see right here. Feel the, feel the dance. Feel the hey, I, I, in order to, you know, uh, let's say, synergize with support, support. In order to support the collective, this gate thirty one says, go your own way. Go your own way. Show me. Show me. Show me your own way. Show me the way you believe in, the way you feel convicted about. And if that way lands with me, I will be moved by it. I will be influenced 
by it. That's this Leo archetype. So let's create the synthesis here, connecting the gate 31, where the earth is sitting, and also where the moon was sitting. It's not anymore, but the moon will still continue to transit through Leo. Um, a reminder, the moon moves very quickly. It moves through all 64 gates and all 384 lines, right? 384 permutations. There's 64 gates. Each gate is can be expressed through six different lines. Those lines are derived from the six lines of the I Ching hexagrams, right? Six lines in a hexagram. We'll go into this stuff in a different episode as far as the actual language and the mechanics and the nuance and the detail, but the moon moves very fast. So by the time you listen to this, it might not be in Leo anymore. Regardless, you can still understand the 41, the, the gate of decrease in the root, and the 31, the gate of uh, influence in the throat center. And the synthesis of those things, if you think about it, is understanding that the only way to actually lead the gate 31, being the gate of verbal influence, of leadership, of influence, verbal leading, sometimes it's called, the only way to actually lead is not through the mind. The way to lead is by being so dropped into your body that you let your body be moved by what's real. Remember, holy anticipation example, dancing, you close your eyes, you let your body move, you let your body be moved by the frequency of sound, by sound, by the, by, by the vibrations that fill the space between you and the speaker, you and the music players. Your body anticipates, your body moves itself. And so when your body moves itself and you start going, oh, yep, we take a left here, we brace for the wind here, we move our shoulders this way here, you have gone the course. You are, you are letting your body be moved by what is in the environment. And in doing so, you're going the course. And if you go the course, you can then turn around and say, hey, I've gone the course. I can, I can, come here, I can show you how. Yeah, yeah, here, watch. And that is the show me. That is the show me of the gate 31. Here, I've gone the course. My body anticipated it. I did it a couple times. My body learned. Now I can tell you. I can verbally lead you. I can influence you through. That's leadership. That's the gate 31. And that is why the gate 31 is the sister gate, the opposite of the gate 41. And we can do this for ourselves. It doesn't need to be an external, excuse me, an external leader. I presented that way because it's a little bit easier for us to conceptualize the archetypes, but we can do this for ourselves. If we stay in our body and we let our body anticipate, that guides us. Our body moves. It moves based on what influences it. It moves based on the influences in our environment. And so, yeah, right now, we are being moved by things. And if we stay out of the overthinking mind, then we can let our holy anticipation, the body anticipation, the breathed into presence move and shake and groove. And as we watch our bodies move and shake and groove to life, we can learn from how they're moving. We can see what is happening in the experience and learn from it. 
And that's embodied wisdom. And then we can talk about the embodied wisdom. We can share it with the collective when we're invited, if we choose to. If we choose to. And if we're invited. Now, before we get to Pluto in the gate 60, I want to set the cosmic stage. So we've already laid the foundation for the nodal configuration and the kind of environment we're swimming in, right? Potential fear of the future. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? This shock, this initiation, this kind of static information. And then we go, oh yeah, right. We can stay in our body and shock is actually often an invitation for initiation if we can stay grounded into the body and trust our intuition, trust the clarity in the now that is conveyed to us through the acoustic waves through attunement to environment and as that is occurring so too currently is the sun transiting through the gate 41 that we just talked about body anticipation we stay grounded we don't attach to expectation we stay embodied in the experience connected to sensation and then we have the gate 31 which is where the sun is sitting right across from the gate 31 is where we just had that full moon that leo full moon and that gate 31 says hey 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 do it your way do it your way be guided by that body anticipation and let yourself be carried through by what is true for you leadership lead yourself go your own way now as that is occurring venus the planet of values Venus having an internal face and an external face. The internal face is our inner scape, our values and how we choose to embody them. And those values and how we choose to embody them get externalized as we relate to the other, as we relate to our environment, right? People always say Venus is aesthetics and love and beauty. Okay, cool. It can be. But at its core, what we're talking about when we say love and aesthetics and beauty our relationships relationship to self internal values those things color the external and the relationships we have to the external be it person home uh what we wear on our bodies etc so venus the planet of values just moved into capricorn this past this week and as it moves through Capricorn, it's going to kind of be uh, bringing to the fore themes of as it moves through the gate 10, the gate of individual behavior, the gate of treading. It's going to move us to say, hey, what are my values? What are my behavioral codes? And am I embodying them? What feels natural for me as, as opposed to what feels forced? How do I interface with conditioning versus my inner authority? Then it's going to move through the gate 58. That is a root center gate. It's called the gate of vitality or stimulation. This gate is about experimenting and challenging and staying in motion. Then we have the gate 38. The gate 38 is again another root center gate, obviously also Capricorn. This is a risk taking gate. Now, this doesn't mean you walk around blindly taking risks. This is an awareness of what is worth taking risks for. This is individual empowerment. And so this gate has an awareness of, should I risk it? Is it worth it? Can it be transformed? Can the risk actually pay the reward, create a reward? Or is it just more of my fear of purposelessness that's pushing me to take the risk? 
after Venus moves through the gate 38, it'll pop into the 54. Again, another root gate. You can really feel how Capricorn, there's a lot of Capricorn gates in the root center. Mm, surprise, surprise. The gate 54 is the gate of ambition, the marrying maiden. It's about talent. Now, you might get turned off by the phrase marrying maiden, but really consider the archetype of the marrying maiden. There's so much talent honed in hopes of rising up the hierarchy, in hopes of inspiring. My cat is trying to inspire me to go feed him, and he's making lots of noise if you can hear that in the background. Inspiration inspiring someone to marry this 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 maiden in order to move the families up the hierarchy this is a tribal circuitry gate and in its low octave it's about greed it just wants the resources for the tribe and move it up move it up move it up greedy 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 in its higher octave expression when it's a little bit more holistic and embodied it's about inspiration and aspiring to you know connecting with that flame of inspiration, that fanning that flame of inspiration, honing talent. Then Venus moves into the 61, the gate of inner truth. This is a gate that lives in the head center. The head center is where we interface with inspiration, with question, with imagination. And this gate of inner truth or mystery asks us to stay close to the inspiration. How? By not needing to or not succumbing to the pressure to know this is a gate that's inspired by the question why and then we have the gate 60 the last gate that venus will transit through as it moves through the sign of capricorn is the gate 60 and the gate 60 is the gate of limitation and just like Pluto, <laughs> right now Pluto is sitting at the last degrees of this gate of limitation, Venus will show us our limits. You know, it will say, hey, listen, you have to see your limits. You have to see the boundaries. You have to see that restraint, that containment is just as important as chaos and mutation and creativity and, and movement. In fact, feeling the limits is actually part of that process. And then Venus will pop into Aquarius. Now, for now, it is in Capricorn and it will transit through those themes, those gates. You can really feel, by the way, I mean, I can as I was talking it out, the story of the sea goat, right? The, the deep sea kind of, okay, what is the behavior? And we're in the waters of experimentation and then we're taking the risk of coming out of the waters, coming out of the deep sea and climbing up the mountain and we have to stay close to that inspiration, close to that ambition to get to the top. We have to reach deep within ourselves to feel that mystery, that inner truth, that inner truth that will move us toward the sanctity that is the top of the mountain, that will get us through that last grit. And then we get to the top of the mountain and we feel our limitation. <laughs> We're alone up here. Or, oh, now that I'm up here, I want to go higher. I'm not high enough yet. I feel my limits. Or, wow, I forgot what it's like to be in the sea. And that feels limiting to me. can really feel the Capricorn story through those gates. I can, at least. Um, in addition to Venus and Capricorn, as we're setting the cosmic stage, we also have Mars. Mars being the warrior. The warrior. The, the planet of assertion, of mutation, of impulse. 
impulse. It's the intangible animal, right? The, the, the impulse to keep going, the body language, the assertion. We have Mars and Mercury. <laughs> Mercury being the planet of communication, the messenger, the intellect, the mind, the voice also are in Capricorn. And so Mars and Mercury are both a little farther through. They're progressed through farther through Capricorn than Venus is. Venus just popped in, whereas Mars and Mercury have been there for a second. So Mercury is in the gate 38, that gate of uh, risk-taking, but it will soon pop into the gate of ambition, the 54. And then Mars is currently sitting in the gate of ambition, and it will then trend into the gate of inner truth or mystery. So we have a pretty intense Capricorn stack in those inner planets. And if you know anything about Capricorn, which I'm sure you do because we just moved through the season, so it's fresh, it's right there, it's about structure and flow. We can really only find true flow when we have structure. And that is what the seagoat reminds us. I mean, even just a seagoat, you literally get both structure and flow. Okay, so those, those inner planets, Venus, Mercury, Mars, very Capricorn-centric right now. Now, as they are, all sitting in Capricorn signs, none of the other planets are in Capricorn. So the next space, place, planet that we're going to look at is Saturn. Saturn is just finishing up its tryst, its march. Let's say Saturn marches. It's definitely more of a marcher than a dancer. Uh, Saturn has been marching through the gate 55, the Piscean gate 55, since March 2023. And it's just finishing up its march through this gate. Saturn is the planet of boundaries, of discipline, of discernment. Uh, to quote Jeffrey Wolf Green, uh, Saturn is the bounds, the boundaries, the limits of our subjective consciousness. And Saturn marching through the mists of Pisces, I don't know if you have read the mists of Avalon, but if you have and you uh, remember the boat, you know, the boat ride through the mist. It's like kind of, uh, <laughs> you're sitting in this boat and everyone's kind of like, are we going anywhere? Like, where did we just go? What is even happening? Like, we know we're going somewhere enchanted. We know we're going somewhere mystical, but, uh, there's no clarity on arrival or how close we are or how far we are. This is what it is. It's the march through the mist in the gate 55. The gate 55 is pretty freaking misty. <laughs> this is a solar plexus gate and it's a gate that I would highly recommend paying attention to because it is a major player in the 2027 mutation that is coming. Again, another rabbit hole for another episode. But this gate 55 is the gate of abundance. Uh, it's also called, well, it's actually called Abundance in the I Ching. It's called the Gate of Spirit in traditional human design. And uh, the kind of mantra for it is abundance is strictly a question of spirit. So this is a gate that right away points us to the importance of attitude. This is a gate right away that challenges us to say, hey, yeah, you're in the mists. You're not really sure where you're going. Yeah, you you feel pulled forward, but you're not clear on where you're going. You understand that? Okay, good. We're on the same page. There's not clarity here. Okay. Are you going to be a victim to that? Or are you going to use it to find freedom? 
That's the 55. It's the most beautiful, tender, artistic, fucking savage gate. <laughs> and it's great that Saturn's moving through it because we all just got, since March of 2023, we all just got a crash course in what's coming around this energy. Are you going to play victim to the circumstances or can you find freedom? And the difference between those two things is something as simple but profound as your attitude, your spirit. And this is how we start the Pisces story. Okay, so Saturn is asking us to be disciplined, to have discernment, to notice our subjective consciousness around, hey, when do you get kind of popped into that victim state and how can you actually take responsibility for how you participate in that? You know, self-pity only goes for so long until it kind of starts to stink, right? It only, you can only stay in the midst of self-pity for so long until you're like, all right, <laughs> I'm done with this. There's mist on my glasses. I can't see anywhere forward. Like, yeah, it feels kind of nice to my lungs, but I'm wet. I'm cold now. Let's keep going. Let's march forward. And so Saturn is asking us, hey, it might be kind of misty here, but can you be disciplined enough to keep going forward? And it's going to be that way for a hand, not that much longer, but, um, you know, Saturn will, will stay in Pisces until 2026. I think it's like February, 2026. So this is the first gate that it's moving through. And it's at the very end of moving through this gate 55 before it continues through and hits the gate of family and the gate 37, which is about community, uh, the gate of doubt, which is about the logical process and using doubt as a catalyst in our logical process to push us into asking really good questions in order to arrive at truth. Then Saturn will pop into the 22, the gate of grace, which is about, again, listening for mutation. It's a very musical gate. Uh, the gate 36 will be its home for a minute after it hits the gate 22. The gate 36, we are going to do a whole episode on Neptune and the gate 36 because the gate 36 right now is a very big collective it, it is the energy of the collective unconscious the gate 36 is called darkening of the light the gate of crisis and currently right now you know what's happening in the world uh, i mean the genocide of of palestine people being killed and us feeling that and feeling our helplessness in it and feeling the psychological warfare that's happening yeah that impacts the collective consciousness, the collective unconscious, and Neptune's sitting there now, so we'll do a whole episode on that, but Saturn will move through that gate 36, darkening up the light. It will then move through the gate 25, which is the last gate before it pops into Aries. The gate 25 is the gate of innocence. We talked about it at the beginning. It's part of that channel of initiation, which brings us right back to the beginning, reminding us of that 2551 channel, G center to will, channel of initiation. That is for a lot of people uh, lit up right now as the North Node moves through the 51. Now, as I'm talking, I'm coming to the conclusion that we're actually not going to touch uh, any of the following planets in this episode. We're not going to touch Jupiter. We're not going to touch uh, Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto. What we're going to do is actually make separate a separate episode with those. And I know such a tease because I said that Pluto would be here, but Pluto is not moving fast. My friends, Pluto is going to be, uh, 
bopping back and forth between the 60 and the 41 for the next year until it finally pops over into the 41 in the fall, the autumn of 2024. So hold your horses. I know, I know. I can feel that the stop needs to happen because sometimes with astrological information, it all just into just this puddle of cosmic soup. That's not what I want for you. I want these archetypes to feel concise and dialed in because that's how they are. One, the most easy to consume and two, more importantly, the most easy to apply. And as far as the outer planets go, Jupiter still has, you know, until May uh, in Taurus. So we'll, we'll cover that. Um, and we will come back to Pluto because my notes are already there. Pluto is a deep dive. You know, I, we're going to do, we're going to, I'm going to fill you in on the archetype of Pluto, why you want to pay attention to it, all of that stuff. And, and also the transits. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave you a little hungry. I'm going to leave you salivating a little bit. Because, uh, body anticipation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in. Invitation, if you haven't already, to re-listen to this episode with your human design body graph open. Um, every single episode, as I feel called, for example, to fill in context. You know, today I talked about, um, how we, how we run energy through undefined centers as context. There's so much context to be given with human design around mechanics. For example, when I allude to things like, oh, that's a collective channel or that's collective abstract versus collective um, understanding or, hey, that's an individual gate or, hey, this is a tribal channel or a tribal gate. This is a defense circuitry. There's a lot of nuance in human design. It's why it's creepy accurate. It's why we love it. Um, But, you know, really invitation here to one, tune in, two, have your body graph open, three, listen back. Because even if you're like, you know what, Alyssa, I don't really give a flying about any of the transits, chances are I touched at least one gate or one archetype in your human design. So have fun, play with it. You don't have to use it one way. You can use it lots of different ways. But in the meantime, invitation to really dive into these archetypes because again, um, while they are the transits now and the nodal configuration now, they are pulling threads from this past summer during the Venus retrograde in Leo, which this full moon kind of just put a punctuation mark to. Um, and this gate 41 transit with this, with the sun right now, uh, that is, <laughs> like I said, going to kind of give you a taste of what Pluto in the gate 41 starting in May is going to be like. So, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you have asks, like if you're like, hey, Liz, I would love to hear about blah, 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 blah thing. Uh, leave them in the leave them in the comment section. There's a place that you can go give me feedback. Also, I have a poll up right now regarding what you want to hear. There's six more days to vote. So please vote so that I have some insight. Um, I have plenty of things that I'd love to talk about. But as I've said over and over and over again, I really like questions so ask them please that's synergy and thank you um again thank you for listening please follow the podcast if you are enjoying this and give me a rating don't give me a bad rating if you're gonna give me a bad rating don't give me a rating but if you're gonna give me a good one if you're like listen you know what this is only your second episode and you are slaying it 
I feel potential here, go give me a good rating or at least follow along. All right. And you don't even have to, you know what? You don't even have to just you devoting your time to listening is enough for real. Okay. See you on the other side. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of magic in the mundane under the influence where we explore the celestial fluid that is flowing through your pores, whether you like it or not.